Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our privilege to have you with us uh, every single time. And um, as I usually say it, I'm going to say it again. You can be part of this program today with us. You just need to send us a text message on 048880811 and share with us your thoughts in regard to the topic and, or if you have uh, a question which bothers you. I'd like to welcome our co-host today, and this is Tracy Papandreou. Good to see you back, Tracy. Hi, Nick, and hi to all the listeners. Good you had, to be back. You had a couple of weeks off, you know, which I was did. probably good, yes? I did, I did. I, I normally have the, the, the last uh, Friday of the month off, but this this uh, month needed an extra, it, another an one. extra day. But so. it's, it's good to have you back with us in the studio. And uh, I just want to say that uh, Tracy is a very passionate uh, student of the Bible. She attends uh, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church on uh, number 10, Amelia Street. Uh, That's correct. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, what's going on at uh, Brighton Church here in South Australia? Um, well, there's always something going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have um, prayer group on Wednesday nights. That's part of our uh, normal community and mm. time together. Um, we also have um, some craft groups that are that are actually starting um, next week. And to be honest, I'm not prepared. I just remembered now, so I'll have a look at that in the break and uh, I can give some more details. More information about after, that, but that's good. That, yes. we, we mentioned about that some weeks ago, you know, because you, you were talking to me that uh, this may start. Okay, this is coming now to the to the time when you are preparing to to come together, yeah? Yes, yes. And, and uh, you know, I I just want to encourage people to, to take up, you know, if they're available, to take up those opportunities to, to join uh, groups and to be part of them. You know, it really mm. enriches our lives to, to just spend time with each other. Um, somebody was telling me recently about a, a, a lady who was dealing with a bit of depression. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, we've got a craft group starting at church soon. Maybe you can offer that to her, you know. Um, always to get together with some other people and have a chance to just have a chat and, and enjoy uh, time together is, is good for the soul. So. I think that's a very important what you're just saying here now because uh, – during this pandemic, you know, people got so isolated, you know, and uh, very hard to come together to even just have good time together, make some things there, uh, chat a little bit, uh, you know. I think this is important actually to be intentional to organize some of the, the things. I'm, I'm just about to, you know, to start a men's group also. Uh, yes, men to, need it too, don't mm, they? Absolutely, probably even uh, more than we think, <laughs> you know. Uh, but look, uh, Great to to hear that. Uh, stay tuned because we may give you some uh, information about uh, that. Tracy, we are uh, talking about a very specific topic for the whole uh, week and the week to come. Yes. Next week, uh, this is uh, kind of connected. Uh, the Bible, the church, 
and the environment. Mm. Now we know that things are going on right now in Glasgow, you know, the summit there, the, and we are going to talk about uh, a little bit more next week about, but this, this week we, we already tackle some of the questions, uh, like, um, uh, whose responsibility is the environment? Or another one was, uh, should humanity subdue the earth? Here's another one. What does the Bible say? about natural disasters because we can see that they are just uh, multiplying you know we uh, almost there is not a day passing by not to hear uh, something going on in the in the nature and uh, just last week we had the whoa huge storm on my side there lots of hail you know <laughs> it's what was going on yes. yes and all these things uh, happening uh, our own radar, you know, mm. to say so. We talked about also, could vegetarianism benefit the environment? Actually, yes, I, enjoy, I enjoy that one because uh, people may not link that. Uh, but I heard some facts there, uh, how much uh, that can change if we are deciding to eat more plant-based diet. If you like to hear that program again, uh, by the way, you need to go on our website, uh, faithfm.com.au to listen back to the program, or, or even more simply, you can download our Faith FM app, the free app, Faith FM Australia. Download it on your uh, phone or tablet, and uh, you'll be able to go back and listen to the programs, listen on on demand. And it's just a, a quick point to that. I was reading today that animal protein production requires more than eight times as much fossil fuel energy than production of plant protein, while yielding animal pr- protein that is only 1.4 times more nutrition for humans than the comparable amount of plant protein mm. that came from Cornell University. So... You know, I, uh, to be honest, I actually challenge people when, when they're really f- on fire for the planet and everything, and I say... Are you vegetarian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I know that you are uh, uh, more vegetarian these days, are you? Um, I've been pretty much vegetarian for a long time, even before I came into the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I will have uh, a little, uh, you know, I have sardines every now and mm-hmm. then and stuff like that. So I'm not completely vegetarian, but um, I would say, you know, yeah. 95% so so yes and and this is not uh, because of the your connection or your uh, uh, belonging to the Seventh-day Adventist no. Church now because many people will used to know actually the Seventh-day Adventist people as being vegetarians yes but yes. now science proved that uh, this is a, a good thing which means like 150 years ago you know we were ahead of time yes yes <laughs> we didn't we didn't know that we were with the science but we were with the word mm. and the word gave us that, that indication that and that this is good. important what you just said here because mm. you, you, even today, we are going to look into the word, you know, to see what God has to say in regard to this one. And today we are going to talk about, uh, did Jesus have anything to say about the environment? Mm. And, uh, you know, people have all sorts of opinions, all sorts of, uh, I mean, scientific uh, approach. But let's look to see what the Bible says also uh, in this regard. Just to let you know again that you can be part of this program with us sharing some of those um, thoughts or questions if you have in regard to the environment uh, today um, on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. 
keep the numbers uh, handy there because we are going to give you a, a beautiful book today, uh, our offer, just a bit uh, uh, later on. Please stay with us and don't go anywhere because uh, uh, we have quite a few things to, to treat you today. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. It's my pleasure to welcome David De Lima from Family Voice Australia again today. Hi, David. How are you? Over the phone today. Yes. Greetings from Port Augusta. That's really good. Uh, how is the weather there? Uh, nice and uh, sunshine and warm like here? Yes. Yes. It's quite warm here in Port Augusta today, Nick. All right. Yeah. Here is a very nice day. David, straight to the questions today. Family Voice Australia, you have a biblical Christian perspective on all sorts of uh, questions. Can you tell us what the Bible says about the environment? Yes, that's an excellent question, Nick. Uh, of course, at Family Voice Australia, we mainly concentrate on the family. We we don't have a view on some of the controversial environmental questions such as climate change, but there are things that all Christians would agree about and really people of goodwill, no matter what their faith, would agree about, and that is that we'd be stupid to destroy the very planet on which we live. And yet, unfortunately, so many of the choices that are being made seem to be destined to to destroy uh, the good things that uh, that we enjoy here on planet Earth. So we we think, of course, right at the beginning of creation, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And unfortunately, the history of humanity is the history of destruction. You think of mm. all of those species that have now become extinct. And we think about the, the pollution that's occurred in so many of our lakes and waterways. And it's, it's disturbing, I think, for all of us to know that we all have bits of plastic inside our bodies now, microplastics, because mm -hmm. the whole world has gone plastic mad. And we're only just now starting to think about that. So the fundamental biblical assertion is that God has given us a garden and we're to work it and we're to take care of it. And so that's really the starting point, according to Scripture. And I like what you just said about the plastic, you know, uh, myself, I'm carrying for years a glass water bottle and you see, you, you saw my water bottle. Yes. Did yes. you? Uh, quite a big one. Um, <laughs> you know, it's sometimes a bit more inconvenient to have that, you know, heavy or, but we are these days focusing a lot on comfort to yes. be comfortable, to be easy for us. And we don't care about what the uh, impact has on uh, mm. other people, on particular on the environment and the, the whole, uh, uh, you know, rain of animals or flora or all, all those things. Yeah, I think yes. you're right. People are starting to realize uh, mm. right now that uh, those things, they are not necessarily a, a good thing. Even yes. though when it was revolutionary to say yes, so, indeed. you know, when plastic comes on board and oil and all those things, you know, mm. and cars mm. and so on. Now, did Jesus say anything about the environment? Well, Jesus, of course, was the instrument of creation. And the, the Bible says in John chapter 1, through him all things were made. So in a sense, he didn't need to say anything because he's done everything. He has made everything. Uh, including the cosmos and mm. all the trees, plants, animals, birds, etc. So he, he has his own fingerprints, shall we say, on those, his stamp of approval. But of course he did say, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And so we're not being very caring towards our neighbour when we pollute the environment that they've got to be living in and raise their children in. And he also said, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. So mm. that means that I've got to care for my neighbour and ensure that the air that my neighbour breathes and the water that my neighbour drinks and the food that my neighbour grows and eats will be nutritious and valuable. So when we think of the consequences of what Jesus said, we, we see very strong environmental imperatives to love our neighbour and to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Mm. Also, I'd like to mention, uh, David, that You know, Jesus, uh, he showed through his life quite a few things, uh, even though he didn't say it, but he gave us a good example. He was yes. walking a lot, you know. He yes. could have ride the horses or maybe whatever, you know, but he walked. He yes. was a simple man. Uh, he had uh, one piece of uh, garment, yes. not many. He was not uh, in the throwaway society like us today. Through that example, we can learn things, you know, even though Jesus yes. didn't say, but he showed us an example. Now, also I like to mention, because we're talking here about uh, family as a, how important it is as, as a unit, you know, to teach and to, to lead in, the, in society. I remember when I was a child, you know, uh, every family had some strong uh, values. For example, we'll, we'll have, let's say, uh, comes in my mind, all the clay pots you know when i was a child you know the family was strong on having that one keep it clean keep it uh, safe uh, use those things or uh, making clothes from uh, natural products rather than synthetic yes. and all those things uh, and yes. the whole family was involved in that but now everyone it's free to choose for himself yes. family doesn't yes. have that unity that nucleus is not that nucleus anymore is that right what you what you yes, feel uh, with family voice australia yes well we've also lost the the, the, the simple pleasure of gardening mm -hmm. even though god himself is a gardener and it's been uh, said the gardening is the purest of pleasures So the, the wonder of growing your own vegetables and for children to learn lessons about death and resurrection through the planting of seed or the planting of a potato to grow more potatoes, uh, this is all lost in the modern world. Everything now is just from the supermarket and it disturbs me enormously because this, this was not the case even, even 30 and 40 years ago, but you now go into the supermarket and it's basically wall-to-wall -wall plastic. Mm. Every, everything is... is over-engineered when it comes to plastic. I, I buy stuff and I bring it home. I have to struggle to open the package. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how senior citizens with arthritis might be managing, but the, the stuff is so totally over-engineered, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, we've invented technology, and you've, you've mentioned plastics uh, and you've mentioned uh, oil, uh, which, of course, gives us petrol and powers the petrol engine. Mm -hmm. we, we, we need a matching theology to accompany those innovations. And so when the, when the petrol engine was, was invented, no one was thinking about how to capture the emissions. And that came much later. Yeah. Uh, and while we have very strong rules about that, uh, I'm just appalled by some of the stuff I see belching out of trucks and cars when I drive along the road. Mm. So we're not policing it very well. So, so we need this matching theology uh, whenever there's a technical innovation. So... Where, Nick, was the church when these innovations were coming along? We should have been embracing innovation because God is creative and he made the universe out of nothing. That's mm -hmm. pretty innovative. 
we are called to be innovative, but we're called to be wise also, to make sure that the technological changes bless and enrich rather than hinder and harm. So we've got a lot of soul-searching to do as God's people, but our hope, of course, is that God ultimately will sort things out. And the scriptures speak about creation groaning and being under bondage to decay. These are very strong statements. Yeah. But I just want to conclude, Nick, with reading from Second Peter, where when the Lord returns, he's going to do something very, very interesting to the earth, as we'll hear in this passage. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Of mm. righteousness. This is Second Peter chapter 3. Now, this doesn't mean that we should be complacent and say, oh, well, God's going to fix it all up, so it doesn't matter how bad we destroy it. The scriptures condemn those who destroy the earth. The Lord won't so much destroy the earth as to renovate the earth through that process of, of melting the elements in the same way, perhaps, as a, as a butterfly comes out of a caterpillar. The caterpillar is destroyed, but in a, it, you might call it creative destruction because mm. from that comes the butterfly. Absolutely. So this this passage should never be used for us to be complacent, but rather good stewards, because we know that God himself is in the business of renovation. And Absolutely. above all, he's renovating your heart and mind as we profess saving faith in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, not to lose sight of the most important things that uh, Jesus is coming uh, uh, to fix all these problems, to create a new world. And we may now just... Uh, focus ourselves to save the planet, yes. uh, which probably is too late, you know, to save it, but doesn't mean that we should now uh, abandon uh, right. all the good things. Uh, but I think we need to focus on uh, our relationship with God. Thank you for uh, sharing with us today, David. May God uh, richly bless you and looking forward to see you back in the studio next time. Next week. Okay. You take care. Thanks, Nick. God Thank bless. You. Bye. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And it's good to have you back with us in the, I mean, we are in the studio here with Tracy Papandreou. Tracy is our co-host uh, today, a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Brighton, South Australia. Uh, just before uh, we were mentioning, uh, Tracy, that uh, something is going to start uh, at Brighton Church on number 10 Amelia Street. Yes, it's number 10 Amelia Street Hove and I had mentioned that there's some seasonal craft um, uh, get-togethers that are starting. So from next week, 8th of November through to the 6th of December, every Monday between 12 and 2.30, um, it's a it's a chance to get together and do some, do some crafts mm-hmm. uh, with um, some other like-minded people. Um, so the, the idea is that you'll bring your own craft, although there'll be some scrapbooking type material that'll be provided. Um, and we just ask a, co- a, cold, a gold coin 
donation mm. that just helps us to manage refreshments and and that kind of kind of thing. Um, so yeah, just just come along. Um, Erica is um, uh, the lady who's heading up that group. And if you've got any questions, um, actually, I, there are. I'm reading this. There are limited seats per session, so you do need to call Erica for a booking. So I'll just uh, give you that number. Her number is o four five two six six four seven four three. I'll repeat that again. O four five two six six four seven four three. And you know, if you, if you've got a hole in your day from twelve to two thirty, and you want to uh, fill that with some lovely company and uh, do some uh, nice craft and and enjoy your time, then give Erica a call and 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 book your seat there. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing uh, with us, Tracy, on that one. And uh, about the phone numbers, in case if you missed that one, you know, the good thing is if you download the app, Faith FM app, you can always go back to the program and listen and uh, find that uh, number if you miss it. But talking about numbers, uh, I mentioned before that you can be part of our program uh, with coming with some questions and thoughts. Uh, the number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. This number is only for text messaging. Uh, you cannot ring us uh, on this number, but you can text us and we'll take those uh, messages uh, uh, as you send it to us. Also on this number, you can request uh, the free offer, which we have it, uh, for you today. A wonderful book called Hope When the World Falls Apart. Daniel and Revelation's Message of Hope by uh, Russell Burrell. This is help for today and hope for tomorrow. Amen. Uh, daily stress, economic woes, world and national crisis. Sounds familiar. I think we all uh, know all those things. Daniel and his friends grew up among the privileged of the land, secured in their wealth, education and bloodline. A bright political future lay ahead as Daniel was born to lead with a sudden attack and turn of events. He found himself squarely in the middle of a conflict no one wanted. Terrorized, held hostage and alone in a strange new world. His hope for the future had all but fallen apart. But somehow he managed not only to survive but to actually flourish and he received some of the most powerful prophecies which we ever found, you know, in, uh, in the Bible. His story speaks to our day and age. Don't miss this book, Hope When the World Falls Apart. Text us on 0488880811 and this book is yours free of charge. No obligation. Tracy, back to the topic uh, today. We are talking for the whole week about the Bible, the church, and the environment. And as I mentioned, uh, some of the questions have been dealt uh, with during the week, like uh, whose responsibility is the environment? Uh, 
should humanity subdue the earth? Uh, what does the Bible say about natural disasters? Or could vegetarianism benefit the environment? You know, very good questions, you know. But today we really want to look a little bit from a different perspective and just say, did Jesus have anything to say about the environment? Now, there are so many people these days focused on environment and so many with an opinion. And right now, you know, uh, leaders of this world are part of the summit at Glasgow mm. talking about this. Now, did Jesus have anything to say about the environment, Tracy? He did, actually. Um, and some of it was said in words and some of it was said, if you like, in the way he um uh, interacted with the environment. You know, he never used the word environment. He never used the word climate change, global warming, or anything like that. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have anything to say about it. Mm. Um, I was actually really interested listening to David because um, a lot of what he brought out, I will be bringing out in my discussion as well. I sometimes think that's really interesting. Um, and it's a Holy Spirit working and, and making sure that our listeners, uh, get to hear certain, certain, um, lines of thinking about it, I think, when, when that happens. It doesn't happen always, but it's interesting when that happens, when and, David and, and I are Yeah, and we and haven't and talked about no, this, you know, exactly. just, uh, Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, one thing that that David brought out was um, uh, that John one makes it clear that Jesus, prior to his incarnation on Earth, was actually the one who created our Earth. So, you know, it's clear and it makes sense that he would have a desire for creation to be cared for. Actually, in John one three, it says, "All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made." So. Absolutely everything that we see in our natural environment was actually made by Jesus. He also gave man the uh, responsibility of actually caring for the earth. In one uh, Genesis one twenty six to twenty eight, that shows us that the perfect design was for man to have dominion over all animals. But this stewardship role didn't give him the right to rape and pillage the earth for his own desires. You know, it was, it was, he, he was the steward, um, you know, who on behalf of, behalf of God would look after things. Um, in Genesis 2.15, God took Adam and he put him in the Garden of Eden, it tells us, and he gave him the job to tend and keep it. Mm. So his job was to keep a check and to do whatever was needed to for its welfare. I was looking at my grapevine today, which is beginning to go a little bit wild, mm. and I thought, okay, well, I need to go and find out what I need to do to be able to know, do I prune it back? Do I do this? Do I do this to, to, to make sure that not only that it's going to look good, but it's going to produce the way it needs to produce, you know, and so... Adam had that role, but on a huge um, scale, scale yeah, yes. you know, so. And yeah. mentioning about the, the vine, you know, I have quite a bit myself uh, in my backyard and it's important to know when to prune it exactly. and uh, when to do the right thing because it may be uh, too late, you know, now to start pruning. Uh, but 
it is also a time when you can uh, start to cut some of the Thin. things, you know, yeah, yes. uh, to and to to encourage you know the the um, uh, production yes uh, and that's how it is with our environment yes. uh, for many many years we just left it there you know ignored thing we we exploded you know and now we just waken waking up to save it it may be too late to start to do some of the things you know but doesn't mean that we uh, we need to be now uh, ignorant you yes. know we should do everything what we can now coming back so he made it clear man is responsible i'm talking about jesus here yeah? yes. responsible to care for his environment so our problem today are um, all about uh, man not doing what he was asked to do Pretty much, mm. pretty much. We we know that tending the earth became difficult, though, as a result of sin, and the curse was that tending the earth was going to be a lot harder. Um, so Genesis three seventeen to nineteen, it actually says, um, uh, "Cursed is the ground for your sake; in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread." So, mm. if we want to go back to what the absolute origin of all of this difficulty is it was the original sin, yes. the original disobedience. There was um, a, a, an initial change to nature mm-hmm. in that it was going to grow thorns and thistles. It was going to be harder to get produce out of the ground. It wasn't just going to all uh, grow beautifully with no no problems, you know, it's like I was saying Earlier, the grapevine, you you thin it and do what you need to do to get to to work with mm, the plant mm. to get good good uh, produce. Also, it made me think when I was looking at this, the curse changed the nature of living creatures as as well. You know, we've got viruses and bugs and diseases that perhaps that well, I would imagine they didn't operate that way in the beginning of creation because because the Lord said that everything was good and very good. Yes. You know? And um I just think about very small example, aphids. Now I I was listening to an organic gardener the other day and somebody had said, you know, but is there something organic we can put on the aphids in and he said you know, really what I want to encourage you is to make your plant healthy. Mm. He said, because healthy plants are not ones that are attacked by aphids and other things. All right. I don't know whether they put emit a, a certain smell or whether they have a different taste to when, the, when they're strong. I've got no idea and he doesn't know and that might be something that science will tell us sometime in the future or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, Again, you know, this is an example of we get um, insects eating things that they might not have before because a plant is not as strong as it as it as it was meant to be when God created all of creation. So, another example of of how things may have changed th- through the through the course, but we can't lose sight that the degradation of all our world comes not only from what humans may be doing now, Mm -hmm. but also from the fact that the earth has been cursed from the original sin. All right. And just uh, while you mentioned that 
even for the plants, you know, that a healthy plant protect itself, you know. I just want to very briefly uh, link a little bit here with the situation we are in with the COVID thing, yes. you know. Now, I know even the most expert uh, people, they don't have everything clear what's going no, on. But what we know that if we keep our body in a good shape, you know, to have a good immunity, we can resist this. We may uh, More even, so. uh, More yeah, so. you know, yeah. it's not everything, but that's what I'm saying. We have some things at hand, free at hand, and we should use them. Now, I'm not saying because I, I don't want to say one way or the other was no. the best, yes. but what I'm trying to say is, hey, here is a, it's something at your hand. Yes. To change your lifestyle. Yes. To have a better, uh, healthy, Body. Body. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be able to cope with the attacks. Yes. Which, uh, which we have. Well, and all of nature is, is what God and Jesus gave us, isn't it? Mm. You know, so, mm. and we know that there are certain, we know that there are certain, uh, uh, superfoods, you know, broccoli and all of that kind of thing. Um, so we know that, 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 yes, even, even th- through the cursed earth, um, we've been left with certain um, plants that, that can certainly protect us and help us. Yeah, now you mentioned, you know, that this earth, I mean, has been cursed. Mm. And that because because of us. Yes. Because of uh, we disobeying, sin. you know, yeah. and uh, because of sin. Now, does that mean that um, the man has no hand in it? That we should understand that the degradation of the earth originated in Eden and we are just on the trajectory to the end mm. you know can what what f- should we say here we have to find that balance don't we because we can't live in a state where uh, we don't recognize the fact that the earth is has been cursed mm. and we also I don't think should be living in a state where we just think oh well the earth's going to end and it's going to be over mm. so hey um we need to be conscious of the fact that there's a, co- a consequence to sin, but God made a way to redeem man through Jesus. That needs to be the focus, our focus. Yeah, yeah. Our ultimate home is not this earth. Mm. The Bible makes it clear about that, and it's not some other planet. You know, even though I saw that they want to grow vegetables on on, uh, on the moon, spending a lot of money going to explore. You know, the possibility of other planets. If this planet. You know, it gets too too difficult. I sometimes think if they would take that money, and I'm not saying that there's not some good that will come out of that, but um, if they would take the money and maybe put that towards helping some of the poorer nations or whatever. But mm. anyway, there's pros and cons to all of that. But we know from the Bible that um, Earth is not our ultimate home, neither another planet, but heaven. Um, heaven will be, and. Jesus was most interested in people having their lines, lives lined up with him so that we could sh- be sure that we would reach that eternal home. Okay. It, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care about our life here on earth. And we know that um, Matthew 6.26, um, Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, 
He said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So he's saying, you know, gosh, all of the creatures are look, looked after. You know, there's 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 food for 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 the creatures, and 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 he's made it clear that man is even more Im- important. So it's not like you know uh, things are going on this trajectory. He doesn't care. He's removed from it. You know, the main problem though is that we've moved away as a society from his teachings. Mm. I just think how different our world would be if. Everyone followed those principles that were given to us. Oh, yes. Hold on on those uh, because you may share with us uh, about some principles. But we want to take a short break here, play a song. Not before uh, I'm going to mention again the offer which we have for today and also give you the code because I forgot to give you the code a bit earlier when uh, I was talking about this offer. Wonderful book, Hope When the World Falls Apart. Uh, talking about Daniel and Revelation's message of uh, hope. Now, this is SA23. That's the code you need to text us, SA23, and you'll have this book uh, free of charge in your hands. And we just need to mention no space between the SA and the 23 because the robot is not that intelligent and he might have a problem. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for uh, mentioning that, Tracy. Let's listen to this beautiful song for the beauty of the earth and we'll be back shortly. Oh, 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 oh,
This is uh, Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita. And our co-host today is Tracy Papandreou from Seventh-day Adventist Church in Brighton, uh, here in Adelaide, uh, South Australia. Tracy is uh, very passionate of uh, sharing the good news, the gospel, with uh, as many people as possible. And today we are going to dig a little bit more with Tracy um, about our topic, did Jesus have anything to say about the environment? Uh, but just before we do that, Tracy, a couple of messages uh, came through, and we just want to acknowledge that. Would you like to just um, share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, we thank you for your interaction, those who have sent uh, messages in, so I'll, I'll just read some of them out. We've got one, um, and I can't see the name there. Have we got a name? We yeah, don't there, have is, a name. there is a name up there. Uh, well, uh, it's from... Uh, it's from Michael. Michael, okay. Yep. Um, so if you can just scroll back up. Yeah, so Michael has said to us, uh, he's given us a few uh, bits of information here. He says, the new heavens and new earth are the new covenant and the church. If we had a national crisis, we should have reached tipping point a century ago. The only environment Jesus was concerned with was a gross apostasy of that generation of Israel. And, yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about that. John the Baptist said that the axe is laid at the root of the tree, thus announcing the judgment of God on the Jews. And also the farmer said, cut the tree down. The worker said, leave it for now till I dig and dung it. That represents the ministry of Jesus. If they didn't bear fruit, cut it down. So, yeah, thank you very much, Michael, for those um, messages. Yes, uh, and uh, please share with us your thoughts. And, uh, you know, we don't want to say that we we are... Uh, we know everything, and uh, we are sharing here with you from the Bible, and today, particularly on this uh, uh, topic, uh, the Bible, the church, and the environment, uh, we are looking at uh, what Jesus uh, said or did or how he acted, because he may not say things, uh, but as I said a bit earlier, uh, by his actions— he was uh, giving us a good example, you know, how to protect uh, the environment. And uh, because this is our home, you know, for the time being, you know, for the moment where we live, obviously looking for for the ultimate uh, destination home. home, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the, the place where we, we're living now and we should um, look after it. 
Now, just before the break, Tracy, you were talking about some principles there, which we are going to look. Um, can you maybe give some examples? Yeah, uh, I was about talking about. I was talking about how different the world might be if if everyone followed the principles that that Jesus did, that he either preached on or he showed in his in his life and and the way he interacted with others and uh, the environment around him. How would it be if everyone really believed and acted as if that everything was a gift from the creator of the universe and that we were ultimately responsible for caring for it? If we, if we really had that top of mind every day, that in our, in our mind, you know, it was clear that Jesus loved nature. He spent a lot of time in it. He retired to the mountains to pray yes. every night. He, his important sermon on the mount was given in the countryside. He and, he, and I'm only saying a few things here. He used examples from nature and farming for his parables a lot of the time. Jesus says there is no human glory that can begin to match the wonder of the created world. And he says that through uh, in Matthew six twenty eight to 29. He says, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So, you know, that example was when people are so worried about their everyday life, you mm. know, making money, having you know, being being able to be dressed in the finest and he's saying, you know, don't worry about it, just focus on me, you know. Yep. I I've I've got it all in, in hand, you know. I just wonder and I ask myself this, do I live that way mm. every day mm. in terms of seeing all of all of this around me, not the man made things, but the natural things as that gift from from the creator of the universe. Absolutely. Uh, so we should try to look at the things, um, you know, with the eyes of Jesus. And it's interesting because uh, the most um, uh, famous environmentalists uh, today, uh, they don't recognize most of them, you know, God creation. and the creation. Yeah. Uh, but when you look through the eyes of the creator... Oh man, you can really see different uh, the things, you know, rather than uh, through our uh, way of uh, of seeing yeah, things. Yeah, you see it, it, you see the splendor in a different way mm. because there's because there's a message of love in that where there's no message of love when you look at it. Okay. The other way. I mean, I know there might be people who are evolutionists who kind of just say, "Oh, well, that's you know, you're just trying to make yourself feel better." But certainly, you know, I mean, I go with what the word says. Mm. The word's quite clear about that, and and I like you know that warmth that I get that I know when I look at a beautiful flower, I look at a butterfly, and I think. Wow, God loves us so much that he gave us even beauty. Mm, and very well designed, yeah. Mm, you know, um, we should try to look at things with the eyes of Jesus. We're not Jesus, mm. but, you know, we, we should really think of, of, of that gift that we're given. But, you know, it's also about living the word, and that can make a difference. Our society's choice to put God and his principles aside, I believe, is what has got us in a lot of the trouble that we're in. I just yeah. want to give some examples of that. What about not coveting? So coveting is in the Ten Commandments. We're, we're, we're told not to covet. Um, it's because of greed and coveting, mm. wanting more, that 
Many farms seek to work so much land. They work their land so hard because they want to have more and more crops. That's right. They want to be making more and more money. And the Bible, thousands of years ago, gave the counsel about resting resting a field mm. every seven years. Mm. Now, why might that be? You know, I, I, I do note that now and then, you know, um, sometimes I'll listen to ABC the country hour and, and stuff like that and sometimes I'll, I'll hear things about what farmers have to say and more and more you're hearing about people being more conscious of having to, you know, we we rotate our crops so we can rest them and things like that, you know. And, and, and there are signs on that now but the people don't, they, they forgot that God already foretold that uh, and I remember when I grew up uh, because I, I came from a very agricultural uh, part of the world you know and uh, we worked the, the ground you know the with our own hands mm. and we did that we left uh, uh, some of the land to rest and we rotate you know crops in the right way to to get the most of it yes exactly and mm. you know um but but a lot of the oh I I I I mean now because the the earth it's it's getting harder to 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 yield crops that mm. that that people are paying a, a more attention to to these kinds of things and science is getting involved and understanding the wisdom in in those kinds of things but you know there've been times when um, farms have just worked as much and tried to get as much as they can uh, that's crop exactly out right of, and and through genetic modifying things you know uh, exactly. didn't help uh, no. the planet yes. to be honest exactly exactly mm. um, I also think uh, it's important that our actions back up what we say um, and and David Delima uh, ref- referred to this as well you know caring for our fellow man uh, shows an important way for us to live out God's counsel so that means we should care about difficult situations that our fellow human beings might find themselves in as a mm. result of climate change. You know, I might hear in Australia where things are not too bad, mm-hmm. you know, okay, yes, we've had big fires, that's, that's you know, not very good. But most of the time when we don't have something like that going on, you know, some of us could really put the whole climate change thing to the, yeah. to the side if we yeah. wanted. But, you know, but I think about the Pacific nations where they say, we're so worried we've got islands that are going to disappear yeah. completely, all of that kind of thing. You know, thinking about how other people are um, impacted uh, is, is an important thing. Um, what about thinking the way we eat? You know, and and I mentioned previously about you know, science says mm. vegetarianism is actually good for our planet. Um, man and animals are not equal. Man is the pinnacle of creation, but um, secular environmentalism sees humans as just another species. So they don't kind of see this whole package that 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 we have as creationists, where we see that. You know, it's all been a gift from God. Man was the pinnacle of creation, but you know, we have that job to um, to actually uh, tend and, and and care. And I also think we need to think about you know things that are written. Some of the things that I've quoted, you know, about the resting the field seven years. That's in the Old Testament, you know. Yeah. And Jesus quoted the Old Testament. You know, he he when people asked him questions, he often actually said, well. What do the scriptures say? Yes. You know, so so we need to not discount going back and taking a look at those things. 
All right. So if we uh, come back to uh, to following God's principles, that would uh, change our planet. What do you think? I think it 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 would to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus also in um, Matthew he talked about when the signs of the end of the age, what they would be like when he would return again after his resurrection. And I just want to actually read that out because, Mm. you know, we know that this is what's going to happen. So Matthew 24, 3 to 14, um, so his disciples are actually saying, tell us when will these things be? He was talking about when the Son of Man would come again, the signs of the times and the end of the age. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And then he goes into the specifics. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Um, and then he goes on to talk about, you know, some of the difficult times that uh, his followers will have in the end days. Um, and uh, he, he, he talks about um, because lawless, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will go grow cold. But what I want to specifically focus on was he says that there's going to be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. Mm. So, you know, as we come closer to the end of time, as we come closer to Jesus returning, we should expect to see that. And he says that this is just the beginning. Yeah. You know, um, there's more to come. So, uh, as I said previously, you know, we've got to find that balance between tra- taking responsibility um, but understanding this is not our ultimate home. Yeah. And uh, Tracy, we have um, very little time now, but just like in one minute or so, uh, how can we still see that God is in control? How can we uh, look at this? And can you summarize a little bit what we were talking about? And this um, uh, topic is going next week also, you know, to elaborate a little bit more on some aspects. Sure. I think we know that God is in control because what I just read out. He knows the the end from the beginning. Um, I think we need to focus on the fact that earth is not our final home, but we must do all we can to live out our responsibility well for caring for the planet. But we must not make a God of that. This must not be our priority, mm. but rather our relationship with God and helping others to come to him is the important thing. I think. Okay. Thank you for sharing um, uh, today with us, uh, Tracy. We have very little time, but we just want to pray to God now. Um, thank you, dear Jesus, for showing us how to live uh, life in this time, particularly in the end of the days. And thank you for what you've done. You live a simple life. You had the only one quote, you know, which uh, you were the most famous man who live on this earth, uh, but you're living a very simple life. Help us to understand that. Jesus' name, amen. Yes. uh, Dear uh, listener, uh, we're inviting you next week to join us because we are continuing the, the Bible, the church, and the environment. And next program, we are going to talk about Is there danger in worshipping the creation rather than creator? Stay tuned. Uh, Please um, enjoy this song, which we uh, leave it with you now. And it's called For the Beauty of the Earth. (laughs) 
This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. This is my Father's Word And to my listening ears All nature sings and round me rings The music of the spheres This is my Father's world I rest me in the thought Of rocks and trees, of skies and seas His hand the wonders This is my Father's world The birds their carols raise The morning light, the lily white Declare their Maker's praise This is my Father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass I can hear Him pass He speaks to me Father's word, oh let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world, the battle is not done, Jesus who died will be satisfied. Satisfied. 